Blog Talk Radio. Alrighty. Good evening, everybody. Sister, all you gotta do is sit down, open your page, open your page to it. I got you marked, I got your page open, I got you ready, all you gotta do is sit down. Since you're here, I'm putting the guitar. We in the we in the heavenly highway hymnal tonight. I got it I got it up there for you already. It we ready. <coughs> We're starting. Yes, sir. All right. Well, let's stand together. Let's take the Red Heavenly Highway hymnal. Let's turn to 258. 258 since Jesus came into my heart. What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. I have lied in my soul for which long I had sought since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart. Floods of joy o'er my soul like the sea billows roll. Jesus came into my heart. I have ceased from my wandering and going astray. This Jesus came into my heart. And my sins, which were many, are all washed away. This Jesus came into my heart. This Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart, floods of joy o'er my soul like the sea billows roll. Since Jesus came into my heart, and the last I shall go there to dwell in that city I know. Since Jesus came into my heart. And I'm happy, so happy as onward I go, since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart, since Jesus came into my heart. Floods of joy o'er my soul like the sea billows roll, since Jesus came into my heart. Amen. I'm thankful he came into mine, aren't you? Amen. Praise God. And it's good to be in God's house tonight. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord for his blessings. Praise the Lord. We're able to have so many here tonight. Um, just a couple of things I'm going to mention to you. <clears throat> Pray for uh, Donnie and Erica and their boys. Um, they said that the aide that works with Matthew every day, had tested positive, and so they were concerned about him maybe getting it from the aid or whatever. And so they both went and tested today. They tested negative, but it takes a little while, so they're going to test again on Sunday. They probably won't be here with us on Sunday for sure because of that. But anyway, you pray for them because it's just another thing. They want to be in church, and I, and I understand that. But, you know, it's just it's a struggle for us to all get back, and everybody's done with all the contact and all that. It's a struggle, but we're going to make it, and we're going, to, we're going to get back to rolling again very soon. So please pray for Donnie and his family. Also, um, for Bonnie and Grant, pray for, pray for Grant for uh, comfort and, and, and uh, God's grace for him. She's almost over this. She says she tested negative. So, mm-hmm. so But anyway, she, she's got to be there with him. Y'all please pray for them. Uh, I'm going to try to get out and see them before the end of the week. Um, Pray, continue to pray for Tammy and their family as they're still grieving over Brother Tony, and, and uh, pray for Haley as she uh, she's she's doing okay now. I think they said the contractions were 
far enough apart that they're not concerned. And if they can stay like that, they're hopeful she'll she'll hold off for a while longer. Um, Shirley, I talked. We was talking about Shirley earlier, but she's still she's still struggling trying to get to feeling better. Y'all, please lift her up. Miss Nell seems to be doing pretty good. She said, and uh, Deborah Deborah needs some prayers too. Um, uh, let's see. I know Donnie McPherson. He's still struggling with it somewhat. Uh, Scott still having some issues with it. Um, Mom's sister, Frances, she's doing better, or a little bit better. Her white blood cell count was down. Uh, she had she's dealing with an infection in her colon, plus blood sepsis, and there's several things. It's just a laundry list. But she's doing better, and we praise God for that a little bit. Pray for her husband, Buddy, as well. Somebody, somebody, help me out. I know I'm missing Dan. Dan, pray for Dan and his and his uh, pelvis. Pray, Brother Byron's here. Thank God he's here. But pray for him. He's still dealing with pain and weakness and everything else. Yes. Oh no. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Pray for Ellie and them. Uh, any, anybody else? Anything else? <clears throat> All right. All right. All right. And then uh, your your friend Angel K with the upper respiratory infection. Pray for her. I'm trying to think. Anybody else? My mind's not sharp this moment as I want it to be. Anybody think of anybody else? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yes, I was going to ask one thing. I was going to ask you about it. Have, they had it. have you heard anything? I was on his wife's website, on his wife's Facebook, uh-huh. and she said that he actually was starting to bring out of his sleep, and right. they had to put him back into sleep. They're putting a trachea today. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, today or tomorrow? Today. Yeah. Okay. And that reminds me, you saying that, I've got a really good friend. Uh, he's been Facebook friend for about the last 12 years or so, John David Howe. We pray for his daughter, Lydia, who's, she's born, I think she's born with a bad aneurysm, and it's just kind of like a ticking time bomb. And they just told her, they told him like she could go any time. They've got that that they're dealing with, and then he has a, he has a son, and he's in a wheelchair. I can't remember what his condition is. I want to say it's MS. I'm not 100% sure. But he is—he's now has COVID pneumonia and sepsis and all the blood and all that. And they were doing a tracheostomy, whatever that. I don't. That's, I guess that's the same thing when you put a trachea in. But they're going to do that tomorrow. Uh, so pray for him. Uh, they're just going through so much. Um, Dale Parks and Dean Ucy, and, and besides them, and Wally Langford. Uh, other than that, let's go to the Lord in prayer. If anybody ain't got nothing else, all right, let's go. Private lead us. Amen. You be seated.
a glad reunion day. There within the holy city we'll sing and rejoice, praising Christ the blessed Savior with heart and with voice. Tell him how we came to love him and make him our choice. That will be a glad reunion day. Glad day, a grateful day. Glad day, a glorious day. There with all the holy angels and loved ones to stay. That will be a glad reunion day. When we live a million years in that wonderful place, basking in the love of Jesus, beholding his face, it will seem but just a moment of praising his grace. That will be a glad reunion day. Glad day, a wonderful day. Glad day, a glorious day, there with all the holy angels and loved ones to stay, that will be a glad reunion day. Praise God, and it sure is going to be. Amen. I could sit here for an hour probably and tell you about people that are up there and waiting on me to get there. Amen. Thank God for, for their salvation and their memory, and I look forward to seeing them. And hopefully we won't be that long before we all together. Turn to number 149. The blood that stained the old rugged cross. On the cross of Calvary, our blessed Savior died. Gave his life to save the world from loss. In his pain and agony, for every sin to hide, shed the blood that stained the old rugged cross. Was his blood, his precious blood, that stained the old rugged cross. Was his love that paid the awful cost. Oh, so, so far astray, come and plunge today in the blood that stained the old rugged cross. To the cross, the rugged cross, they nailed his precious hands, and in death he fully paid. There is pardon in his love for everyone that stands for the blood that stained the old rugged cross. Was his blood, his precious blood, that stained the old rugged cross. Was his love that paid the awful cost. Oh, so, so far away, come and blood. In the blood that stained the old rugged cross What an awful death he died To pardon you and me All alone in agony he tossed And a world once lost in sin Can now be wholly free In the blood that stained the old rugged cross Was his blood, his precious blood That stained the old rugged cross Was his love that paid the awful cost Oh, souls of horrors grave Come and plunge today In the blood that stained the old rugged cross. Amen. Turn to number 31. Won't it be wonderful there? Number 31. (laughs) 
David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is builded as a city that is compact together. Whether the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, unto the testimony of Israel to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. For there are set thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. For my brethren and companions' sake, I will now say, Peace be within thee. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek thy good. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I come before you tonight and I need you. Lord, I don't want to get up here and try to open my mouth and speak for you without your power. Holy Ghost of God, come to my aid. Fill me with your power. Please, Lord, forgive my sins. Cleanse me of anything that stands in the way of you using me, Father. I pray, Lord. Lord, please, fill me. Every fiber of my being, take control of me tonight. Use me and speak through me. Lord, you guided me in my study. Now you guide me in my delivery. And I'll be careful to praise you and give you glory, Lord. I know it's not me, it's all of you. Lord, everyone listening tonight, whether they be here in person or whether they be out in their homes listening by way of the Internet, Lord, I pray tonight that you minister to their hearts. Lord, I pray for each and every one, Lord, that you give them exactly what they need tonight. They receive exactly from you what their heart needs most. Lord God, build them up, edify them. Lord, make them, Lord, a vessel of honor for yourself. Lord, may we work together to reach folks and bring souls into the kingdom before it's everlasting too late. Lord, I pray you'd save the sinner nearest hell tonight. And Lord God, I pray you'd edify your saints. Forgive our sins. Fill us now. Touch our lives and speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. All right. Well, let's get right into it. we got nine verses. I think we can cover that more in this time we got. Maybe we're going to try. It's always a toss-up, right? We don't never know. That's why I, that's why I enjoy it so much, because I just never know. Amen. It's always a surprise, like a box of Cracker Jacks. Amen. All right. Praise God. Let's get into it tonight. All right. He said, a song, a song of degrees of David. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Number one, I see in this, he's talking about going home. He's talking about going home to meet together with our Father. He's excited about it. He said, I'm glad. Listen, I get glad when it's church time, don't y'all? I get glad, and I've been missing, I've, we've been missing one another. I mean, it's okay that, we, that we've used technology, and I've done it from my home. We had to do all that. But it's so much better when we're in here together. When we come in and we shut out everything else and we're here for for God and Him only, that's that's precious and that's why the Bible tells us over in Hebrews ten twenty five, forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Some people don't care, but David said, "I was glad, I was excited when somebody said it's church time." When somebody said, "Hey, let's go down yonder and worship God," he said, "Let's go, man, let's go." I was glad about it. Praise God. He, you know what? What he said? It says. Notice it says. Let us go. He was glad for other people's sake. He wasn't just glad for his own sake. He's glad for other people's sake. Don't don't you like it when you pull up and there's a parking lot full? Don't it do something to you? You go, wow, we got a crowd this Sunday. That's awesome. We get excited because other people have come to worship God with us. And David was excited about it. He said, hey, I'm glad when they said unto me, there's other people going, not just me. I'm glad, but they're glad too. Amen. You know, he was glad that they had invited others, but other people had invited others. He wanted a big crowd, amen? Not so he could boast and say, hey, we've got a big crowd this Sunday, but it's good when we see other people come, amen? So we invite people, and folks watching us tonight, well, you're invited to come. We want you here tonight. Uh, we want you here next Sunday. We want you here whenever you can be here. Uh, but he said, he said, let us go. You know what? He, the reason he's so excited that they're going is because he knows the blessings that come from attending the house of the Lord. I get blessings, amen. I don't know about you, but singing these old songs of the faith, they edify me. They, 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 they minister to my soul. They minister to me. They uplift me. 
I, I enjoy it. I enjoy hearing you sing with me and us singing together. Uh, you know, I, I get a blessing out of the Word of God. I mean, I, I do read it, I study it, I prepare it, and I preach it, but all of it, I enjoy all of it, every bit of it. I, I'm sitting there holding on to a message, and y'all ain't heard it yet. I'm excited for you to hear it because I know it's something good from God. Amen? Just like some baker pulled a, lo- a loaf of bread out of the oven it smells so good, he wants somebody to eat it. He don't want to look at it all day. He wants somebody to get a bite of that. And that's what I want you to do with the Word of God. I want you to get a bite of it and see how good it is. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen? That's what David was excited about because others were going to find that out. You know, he said, let us go. He wasn't just excited for them. He was excited for his own sake. Amen? He loved He loved the coming together of God's people in God's house. Why? Because they're all coming home. If, if, if they're going to the Lord's house, it's why? why are they going? Because that's their father. And they love him. And, 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 and it's a family gathering. Amen? It's good. Don't you like it when all your family gets together and everybody's there? It's, it's good. Amen? You know, God likes that too. God wants all his family together. And David wanted that too. He was glad. He, he loved that an invitation to come is being extended. They said unto me. I'm so glad they invited me. I'm so glad somebody cared about me and said, hey, you're going to be at church. You're going to be you're going to temple, right? We're going to temple together. We're going to worship God. Well, I say, hey, we're going to temple, right? We're going to this temple, amen, Temple Baptist. Come on, worship with us. Amen. I'm glad when people want to go to church, amen. You know, I'm thankful that, that the invitation was extended to me a long time ago. I remember back in, in, 19, back in, in 1998, amen. No, 1996. What am I saying? That's two years after. In 1996. I told you all about it, but I was in that apartment up there playing guitars and partying with some of my friends. And church was the last thing on my mind. Even though I saved, I was hardly backslidden, and I, I wasn't interested in thinking about church at all at that time in my life. <clears throat> Great big old fellow by the name of John Brock. He climbed them rickety stairs up to my apartment, him and another brother named John uh, John Wright. And uh, they knocked on my door that night said they wanted to talk to me about the Lord and about church. And I said, well, I, I know I'm saved, but I ain't been in church in a long time, but it ain't a good time. Y'all come back. They did. But I tell you, it didn't take them coming back. God dealt with me between men. God wrung me out. God, God, God did a work in me. And after that, I called the church. I said, somebody needs to come talk to me. Well, listen, they come on back. And I sat and told them the whole story, and they was white as a ghost time I was going to tell them everything. But you know what? God used them. And I and I was so glad that they that somebody that, that Miss Margaret Melton, when I went to the dentist, like I told you about, she's over at Spring Lake Baptist tonight with Brother Mike Clark. And she had she had compassion on me. She looked at me and she said, He needs the Lord. He needs Jesus. And I had Jesus, but I was so far from Jesus, walking my own path and ignoring what God's will was for my life. And she saw that, hey, he needs Jesus. And she was dead right. I needed Jesus. I needed to turn around. And I praise God. But like I said, when I did, then there, were, then there was men like, like I said, John Wright who came. And then a man named R.T. Edwards and a man named Leonard Johnson who took an interest in me and said, hey, we're not going to let you flounder anymore, man. We're going to take you out with us. And we're going to go reach people. And we're going to get people in church. And we're going we're gonna to use your excitement. And we're going to go out and reach some people. I took them places they wasn't ready to go. <laughs> we sat down at a drug dealer's house one night witnessing to him about Jesus. They was nervous because they were some weird folks. <laughs> but you know what? They went. They loved the Lord. They wanted people to come to church. You need to realize everybody out there needs Jesus. Everybody needs And then David realized it too. All right. <clears throat> he was glad for their fellowship too. Amen. Let us go into the house of the Lord. That, that, that fellowship that he's glad of. That's, that's a foreshadowing of heaven. And I, I've heard people, I've heard preachers say this, but if you don't like going to church, you ain't going to like heaven. Think about this. We come here to get away from all the filth in the world and separate ourselves from it and get alone together where we can worship God without anything bothering us. And we want to do this. Hey, people who want to go to heaven, they're ready to get away from this old world and be a little Lord. Amen. They don't want to be in this old sin-sick world no longer than they have to. We'd rather be in a perfect state and a perfect body and a perfect heaven with a perfect Savior. Amen. I, I mean, I don't know anybody that would, would rather not be there than here. 
And David, David is talking about it in that manner. I want to go. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to being with God's people. All right, number two, verse two. <clears throat> Mom always says you, you you stay on the first point longer than the rest of them. So take comfort. I did. <laughs> number two, our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Now, when he says when he says that about Jerusalem, he's saying within the gate of the city. You know what's inside the gates of the city? There's peace. That's why they got those gates. That's why they got those walls. They're trying to make it safe so can't nothing bad get in there. Can't nobody invade and harm nobody. This, the, the gates are shut. It's safe and secure. There's peace within the gates. And that's why I'm saying our feet will stand within the gates, O Jerusalem. Listen, it, it implies safety. And there's safety in the Lord. Amen? When you save, God's got you. It implies it, it implies security, amen. We're in Christ and we're safe in, and we're, we're secure in Christ forever. Not only that, it implies seclusion. God wants us away from everything else to Himself. It, it implies intimacy. God wants that that intimacy, just us and Him. He doesn't want everybody else that don't care anything about Him getting in the middle and trying to interrupt us and and and, and, and buying for our attention. God is a jealous God. He wants us, his people, worshiping and loving him singularly. It implies serenity. When we are when we get when we get close to God, I mean there's a peace that comes over us that you won't find. Nowhere else you can't buy it. Amen. And and it implies salvation. He's within the gates. Ain't nothing gonna get him. The thing about that, we have all that in Christ. As a believer, I mean, David had not seen the Messiah come yet. He believed on him, but he had not come yet. We have that all in Christ. We have it in us, in the person of his spirit. Ephesians three sixteen through 19, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, that being the Father, that he would grant you according to the riches of the Father's glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. He said that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. If we're in Christ, we are like a tree that's rooted and grounded in love. That's where we grow from. Amen? And he said that we that seeing is how that's our state and our standing, we're in him. He said being rooted and grounded in love, we may be able to comprehend with all saints. So in other words, every child of God should be able to comprehend what is the breadth and length and depth and height. In other words, now wait a minute. God wants you to know how wide his love is. God wants you to know how long his love is. God wants you to know how how deep his love is. God wants you to know how high his love is. Diana Ross tried to take that idea and make a love song out of it. Y'all know, ain't no mountain high enough, ain't no valley enough. She was trying to say that. She was taking that something God's word said and trying to translate that to a to a relationship kind of love. But that's what God's saying to us. There is nothing that separates me and you. Amen. Paul echoed that. I'm persuaded that neither neither angels or they, you know you know what it says over there. But anyway, that's 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 what David's trying to say here in verse two. Our feet standing within the gates of Jerusalem. But you know what? Outside the gates, there's danger. I'm reminded of that. First Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because the devil is a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour. So there's peace and safety inside the gates with God. But when we go wandering doing our own thing, guess what? Now we got somebody stalking us, trying to catch us in a, way, in a compromising moment when he can take advantage of us and try to destroy us. That's why we need to be within those gates. We need to stay close to the Lord. We need, our fellowship with God don't need to just be a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night kind of thing. It needs to be every moment by moment by moment. Number three, verse three. He said, Jerusalem is builded as a city that is compact together. Now, when you think about a city compact, that sounds like a lot of apartment complexes. That's like all that, new, all that new construction they do around Dallas constantly over there, always building a complex somewhere. Listen, but Jerusalem is like if it's brick, stone, and every, all these buildings are connected and built together. And it gives strength. When everything's connected, you know, earthquake comes, everything connected, it don't just shake right back and forth. There's more stability there. And it talks about that, 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 that it's, 
that its houses built together given strength. First Corinthians 12, 12 through 14, and then verse 24, I'm sorry, 25 and 26. Listen. He said, for as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Like I said, all the buildings are connected together, but I'm using this to kind of show you this is kind of how we are in Christ. We're all connected together. I mean, he said, he said, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, we've all been made to drink into one spirit, for the body's not one member but many, that there should be no schism or division in the body, but that the members would have the same care for one another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. That's the way God wants us to be, not jealous and everything else and inciting and carrying on, but loving one another, mourning together, rejoicing together, all those things. What you feel, I feel. When you hurt, I, I hurt. When you have something good happen to you, I rejoice with you. I don't get mad because you got something I didn't. No, why? We're all, we're, 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 we have a, we're in the bond of unity because we're all in Christ, and that gives us strength that other people don't have. And I also believe when he says this about the city, he's talking, it's a picture of heaven as well. Now think about what Jesus said in John 14, 1 through 3. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you under my temple. Where I am, there you may be also. But I, I remember today, I was thinking, <clears throat> when we buried my papa back in 2008, uh, one of his best friends in the world, Brother Leland Calloway, he got up and talked on this subject, and he said, and he, I know he was quoting a different version when he said this. He said, in another version, it said, in my father's house are many rooms. Now, I don't believe it. I don't believe rooms is the right way to describe that. I don't think God's got a little a little small apartment complex he's running somewhere. No, he says mansions. I believe it means mansions. But notice he said in my father's house are many mansions. I believe all them mansions are all next door to one another. I don't believe I don't believe it's like down here. If you, if you go out north of Detroit and you see a great big old house built way out in the middle of a pasture on the hill and another way over yonder, I don't believe heaven's like that. I don't think everybody's going to have a desire to be separated in heaven. I don't think everybody's going to be like, I need 40 extra between me and that guy over there. And we're going to want fellowship. They won't be a reason to run cows. Amen. They won't. I don't even believe. I don't. I don't think anybody's gonna have to farm up there. I really don't. I don't think nobody be growing corn or nothing or soybeans or cotton or nothing else. I don't believe we'll have to fool with that. I think that all these matches are gonna be right next to each other and they're gonna be right in God's right in God's yard. What the Bible basically describes. Amen. So I, I believe. I believe that's kind of what He's giving us a picture of. Verse four. I gotta hurry. I gotta hurry. I'm on time, though, Robert. And he said in verse 4, Whether the tribes go up or where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, unto the testimony of Israel to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. What is he saying? He's saying the Lord's house is a place of witness. Amen. Whether the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, unto the testimony of Israel. When they went up to worship the Lord, everything that they did, everything that they said, everything that was a part of the worship, was a testimony to believe that God was going to send his Messiah and save Israel. Everything they did pointed to Christ. It's a place of witness. And when we come here, the preaching of the word points to Christ. The singing of the song points to Christ. When we, we, when we, uh, when we uh, do the Lord's Supper with the, 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 the blood of the grave and the, the, the unleavened bread points to Christ, everything we do, our fellowship in here, it points to Christ in us. Everything we have here, just like everything they did, points to Christ. It's all a witness. It's all a testimony of what we believe and what we have in him. And not only that, he said, and to give thanks under the name of the Lord. This is a place of thanksgiving, too. We ought to be praising God for what we have. We ought not ever get so sullen in this life that we forget to thank God for what we have. You know, I... You know, you don't realize the things you're taking from you. You know, just the last few weeks, just the ability to be able to come together and eat, and you know, take it away from us for a little while. And you don't appreciate how much you love being together and coming together as a church until you can't do it. You know, I mean, 
I just thank God for what he's done and what he's given and, and what he's allowed me to experience and allowed me to have. And I count my blessings, and I look around, and I thank God for everybody in my life. You know, the, the events that we've had over the last couple of weeks have taught us, if nothing else, you need to pay attention and, and love everybody around you because you don't know how long they're going to be in your life. And, I mean, I've I, I really, really learned that hard. And I've stopped griping. And I, I tried to stop griping as much as I used, usually do. I'm trying. We, we, we're trying, everybody. We're trying. Lord, help me. Y'all pray for me. Amen. I want to praise them and less griping. I want to do more appreciating and less honoriness. Amen. But pray for you, preacher. I need that. We we ought to have we ought to have that spirit of thanksgiving in us all year long, not just in November. We ought to be grateful for all that the Lord has done. He saved my soul. Amen. I'm not going to hell. Amen. A, a, a little song, you know that, that I think I sang here a couple of weeks ago. That I'm not going to hell. Amen. I'm thankful that I'm not going to hell. Amen. And, and beyond and, and greater than that, all that I have in Christ. What a privilege. What a blessing. Number five, verse five. He said, for there are thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Now, let me just quickly explain this to you. A man might, he might deal with a local magistrate and have some kind of issue. Didn't get it worked out in his favor. Well, he could go into the temple and he could, he could appeal to a higher authority in there and try to get some relief. Well, guess what we can do? Amen. So you was mistreated. They don't make no difference. They kicked my rights to the curb. They didn't. They didn't listen to me. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I, my rights was trampled on. Well, now, I know we can go to. We can take it to court. We can take the appeals court. We can take the Supreme Court. But I won't take it right straight to the throne of God. First thing before I ever try to get anybody else involved, because I know that my God is able to work things out that man can't work out. I know my God's able to take care of me when other people can't take care of me. It is the place of appeals, amen? We are never at a loss as long as we still got breath, as long as we still are able to talk to God, as long as we're able to call on him. We still have help and we still have hope, amen? I'm going to jump number six. Let's keep going. <clears throat> we're to pray. It says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Y'all heard that your whole Christian life. And, I, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray for the peace of Jerusalem. But, and, and, and he's saying that because the Lord's house is the place to speak peace. There is no peace without Jesus. And when it says pray for the peace of Jerusalem, we're not praying that a representative of the, of the Israeli government will come together, maybe at Camp David or somewhere else, with a Palestinian authority, and they come to some kind of ceasefire, and they trade off this land for that land, and everybody just gets along, take pay of this hockey door forever and ever. That's not the peace of Jerusalem. There will never be peace between the sons of Isaac and the sons of Ishmael. There will never be peace on this earth until the Lord Jesus Christ returns and sits upon the throne of David and rules and reigns upon this earth. That is the only time, future, where there's going to be peace in Jerusalem. Period. But we're to pray for that. We're to pray, thy kingdom come. Amen? That's what we're praying. We're praying the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer. We're praying, thy kingdom come. We're praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Because, again, that's the only way there's going to be peace. <clears throat> but when we talk about peace, and we're applying that to us, where the rubber meets the road in our life. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people have. I mean, even in churches, there. I mean, I praise God, we have a better church. We have a better kind of an environment. And we have, we have people that love one another. But there are churches where there's strife all in the church. A lot of that is you got, you got. A lot of times you have baby Christians in there, and you have people who are they, they deal with envy, jealousy. And bitterness and, and, and things like that. They won't let something go. Uh, you know, they got issues. And, and a lot of times that happens. And it's sad when it happens. But 
You know, a, a lot of times you, you, you'll, not maybe not in a Baptist church, but when you get into a non-denominational situation where you've got, say you've got two or three Baptists in that church, and you've got a Pentecostal over here, and you've got a Church of Christ over here, and they all want a church in a little non-denominational country church somewhere trying to get along, but they don't all agree on how to get saved. Now, they got a choice. They're either going to fight or they're going to get along. Now, if they get along, guess what's going to happen? Truth's going to be crucified on the altar of brotherhood. we got to get along, so we're going to have to just put aside all our differences. So we'll throw the doctrine of, the, of, of Jesus Christ in the trash so we can all get along. Truth should not be compromised. What I'm trying to say, my point is this, never sacrifice truth for peace. Ever. You know, the Bible says we're to, I said this Sunday, we're to earnestly contend for the faith. A contender is the name for a boxer, somebody who's going to fight for something. We're to earnestly contend for the truth. We're not to be a brawling, horrible people, no, but we are to stand for what's right, and we're not to sacrifice, but we are to seek be a peace-seeking people. We ought to always try to seek peace. That ought to be, that ought to be our, our first option is to seek peace. At all, at all costs except sacrifice the truth. Peace in the Lord's church should be a premium. They, that, they, they shall prosper that love thee. They, if we love the Lord, God says we're going to prosper. Now, I can tell you right now, that ain't got nothing to do with this. What's he saying? Well, we'll talk about what it means to prosper. Okay? <clears throat> and we'll get that in just a minute. But let's just keep going. We'll jump down here, and I'll hit that just again, again, just a minute. Now, verse seven: Peace be within thy walls, within thy palaces. Okay. We must never bring. Well, that's number seven. It's it's a, it's a place to shut out the world. Peace be within thy walls. We're talking about the church house. I know he's talking about the temple, but I'm talking about the church house. Again, we ought to have peace here. This ought to be, this ought not, again, it ought not be a place where you're going to go and you dread going because you know you're going to have a confrontation with somebody. That ought, I mean, work. I can understand work sometimes in that situation. But church should never be like that. It should never be a dread to go, go situation. But people, people ought to leave all of them. You ought to check all them issues at the door when you come in and surrender it to God. We ought not never bring the profane world into God's house either. There's so many places that call themselves houses of worship that brings the profane world into the church. They say, well, we, you know, we have, to, we, have to, we have to get rid of them hymn books. You know, everybody was, everybody's sick of singing all them same old songs we've been singing for 200 years. I mean, we had to get rid of all them old hymns and get something in there where people, people move a little bit. I mean, that's kind of the way that they look at some of that. A lot of churches do. They throw that out. You know, they got them 7-Eleven songs. You ever sing them 7-Eleven songs? Seven words, 11 times on a screen. Ain't nobody got a book. Everybody's just sitting there bobbing their head up and down with the bouncing ball. They say, well, we're trying to reach the young people, y'all. We're trying to reach the young people. When you When you sacrifice what's right in order that you, in order that you may, uh, you know, that you got to bring their culture in. I mean, that's kind of like fishing with an artificial lure, you know? You're going to get a mouthful of something, but it ain't Jesus. You're not going to get what you're searching for. You you might you might get in. Listen, I'm going to tell you, I went, and, I, and I'm going to share this with you real quick. Years ago, when I very first started in the ministry, <laughs> the first person I ever led to the Lord, him and some of his friends, they wanted to go to, uh, some of y'all may remember this name, DC Talk. It was, a, it was a Christian rock band back in the in the 90s, in the early 90s. They had a song called Jesus Freak. So our word says, what will people think if they find that I'm a Jesus Freak? What will people do if they find out it's true? I don't really care if they label me a Jesus Freak. There ain't no disguise in the truth. They were referring back to the Jesus Freaks of the hippie generation and all that. And they were trying to bring all that word, revive all that terminology. But I, 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 
back then I didn't know a whole lot. I'll be honest with you. I was green as a gourd. And I took them over there that night. And I had been to plenty of rock concerts. I, I mean, I've been in the Cotton Bowl when there's 70,000 people in there and it's so hot you can't breathe. I'm, I've been in a concert. But I went and watched that Christian rock band. It was two of them. It was the Newsboys and DC Talk. And before that show was over, you couldn't tell the difference between a, rock, a real rock and roll show and a Christian rock show. I stood there in the middle of that thing, and I watched people fighting with each other. I mean, it started off dancing, and it turned into fighting. They were slamming into each other and everything else. And then fists went to swinging, and you had security guards who were trying to break all this stuff up. And I went over to one of them, and I said, I want to apologize to you because this is not the way Christians act. I said, this is not a Christian environment. And I said, God help you if, you don't, if you're lost and you don't know how to be saved because this is, not, this is not of God. The world wants to try to tell us we've got to embrace everything else. We've got to bring all that in or we won't reach them. Well, I'm sorry. If, if, if it's in 66 canonized books and the Holy Ghost of God don't reach them, they ain't going to get reached. God wasn't waiting for the devil to come up with a better product to reach people. He just wasn't. Like I said, verse, now verse 8. He said, for my brethren and companions' sake, I will now say, peace be within thee. We're to seek peace for others. He said, for my brethren my brothers, my family members, and my companions, for my, for my family and my friends' sakes, he said, I'll now say peace be within thee. I want to tell them. I want to tell them how they can know the same peace that I have. I, I'm not selfish with that peace. I don't want to hang on to it and say, well, you know, I got all I need. I'm sorry about the rest of y'all. Hope y'all find what y'all looking for. That ain't a godly way to be. That ain't how God wants us to be. God don't aim for us to be selfish. God don't aim for us to just be satisfied that we got in and, that, and it's too bad for everybody else. If, if our salvation is as good as we say it is, we'll be trying to share it with everybody we know. We all not want to hang on to it and be quiet about it. We're not going to lose it. You give it away, you ain't going to have no less than you started with. You, I mean, it's, it, you'll never run out. It's just like it. It's just like that bre- uh, 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 bread and them fishes. It just keeps multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. But we're to seek peace for other people. If it's good enough for us, it's good enough for everybody else. And like I said, that peace, that peace that comes when you know your sins are forgiven, that is prosperity. I'm the richest man I know because I know that I have a home in heaven that'll never tarnish. My name's never going to be blotted out of that book. I know that I know that I know that I'm going there when I die. I know that. I am certain of that. It ain't got a thing to do with me. It ain't got a thing to do with how good or bad I've been. It's it's all what Jesus did. And I'm so thankful for that. And so because of my thankfulness, because of the praise that's in me, I want to share that with somebody else. I want to seek their peace too. Verse number nine, we're closing. He said, because of the house of the Lord, our God, because of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek thy good. Like I said, that peace is prosperity. That's what makes us rich, because we have Christ, and we're joint heirs with Jesus. And, And whether you realize it or not, with everything that Jesus owns, we own too. Crazy, don't it? But what does it mean, joint heirs with Jesus? That means I inherit what he has. And I share it equally with him. Now, I can't have my put my hands on it right now. But someday when I stand in heaven, God's going to say to me, this is yours. He's going to say that to you too. Amen? That's the, that's the truth. Amen? So that, I mean, the prosperity we have, I mean, you can't you can't measure it by this world. Well, this world calls prosperity. Well, we got something they can't, they'll never have. Bill Gates, unless he gets saved, he won't, he won't ever know the rich, riches I have. Jeff Bezos, he don't know nothing about riches unless he comes to Christ. <clears throat> he said, because of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek thy good. Because we know well, hey, this is a place of refuge. 
I'm telling you, when I've been when I've had a bad week, and I and I and I've dealt with some things, and I've had dealt with some people in my life that I didn't want to deal with, and they just got me all down, and and it seemed like everything's going bad. I come in here and sing and preach and talk to everybody, and you know when I leave out of here, I'm in a whole lot better mood. I'm, I feel a whole lot lighter than I did coming in. I've laid my burdens down. Because why? I came to the place of refuge. When you come to the place, when you get, when, listen, when you're running from, from what's after you, and it's chasing you down, and you feel like it's going to get you, and you get to the house of refuge, and you close the door behind you. I used this illustration. I used it the other day, and she's back there in the nursery. But me and me and Megan were having a talk about taking the trash out after dark, and she had the same issue I had when I was a kid. When you're going out there, it's okay on the way out there, but when you set that bag down you start back to the house, there's something about that far from the back of your neck all the way, and you can just feel it. It's about to get you. Take a bite out of it in the dark. It's just, you can't see it, but you can feel it. And it's like, you run like a wild, crazy person to the, when you're a kid trying to get in the house. Once you get in the house and the door is shut, I'm okay. That's how I feel about coming to church. I get in here, it's going to be all right. Amen. I feel that way when I get in the Word of God. When I get to the place of prayer, it's going to be all right. This is a place of refuge. And when we realize it and we think on that, we meditate on that, will actively seek the good of other people. It's like I found something. I've got something so good. And if you only experience this with me, your life would be so much better. If you could only, if you only had a relationship with God, like I have a relationship with God, you'd know where you can go when no, when there's nowhere else to go. You'd know where you should have been going. You'd know where the relief is at. You know, you know where the comfort is to be found. You know where you know where the peace is. That, that you can't even wrap your head around that you got peace even though everything else is upside down. You can't even fathom why you got peace, but you got peace. It passes all understanding. I know what that says. Amen. I don't know what the cure for cancer is, but I know where the cure for a broken heart is. I don't know where the cure for corona is, but I know where the, I know where the cure for anguish and heartbreak is. And because I know I want others well. Amen? You know, what? what, what, what is the, I, I, I'm amazed in this day and time at how many doctors are doing the wrong thing and following people who are evil and just want to make money off of the suffering of others. I'm amazed at how many of them are doing that. They took a Hippocratic oath that they're to do no harm. You know what? We ought, to, we ought to have something like that in Christianity because there's a lot of folks who, we may not be doing any harm, but we're not doing any good that much either because we're not sharing the cure with other people. See, we know this is a place of refuge. If we really get down in our hearts and minds and souls that this is the place of refuge, we'll throw our resources into reaching them, we'll throw our energy into reaching them, and we'll be doing what God wants us to do. David was excited about it, and we and it, and, I, and I'm not saying you're not excited about it, but I, I'll say this: we need to pray. God, give me more excitement. Amen. God, give me more of a heart of compassion for for people who are lost. You know, I have to do that every now and then because this world this world wears on me, and and there's a tendency to fall into ruts. We get into repetitive ha- uh, patterns in our life and, and habits. And, 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 and we, we again, we're doing the same thing all the time, and we forget about what's important. And it's just, it's natural. It's our, it's our natural uh, human bodies trying to fall into some comfort pattern. But we have to get out of that comfort pattern because that's selfish. We're just doing what's best for me and for, for me, myself, and I. And we forget what other people around us need. And every now and then, we need to say, God, help me step out of my comfort pattern and help me reach out. Show me people that need you. Show me people that are hurting. Make me a, not oblivious to it. Make me conscious of it. When, when I'm busy going through my day, help me look over and notice somebody who's hurting so I can say to them, can I pray for you? 
Just want you to know God loves you. We encourage you. Let you know God loves you. He knows all about it. Why can't we be conscious of these things and look around and see the, the needs of others? And so we say to them, hey, let's go into the house of the Lord. That's where you'll find comfort. That's where you'll find your refuge is in the house of the Lord. And that's what they are trying to say to us. Now, let's stand up here. We're going back to the word of prayer. Again, let's remember. Just remember all those who are trying to get well. All those who are struggling, suffering, not just in our own church family, in these church families, but all those that are touched in our lives. We've got friends and extended family and friends of friends who are hurting and losing loved ones. So many things. Johnstown Missionary Baptist Church lost their pastor. Uh, like I said, my last past Sunday, my, my Facebook friend Rod Drake, he, he, he slipped into heaven from COVID. About my age, there's so many people that need God's help and they need God's grace. Let's pray for them that I ask God to meet their need. For the virus, this is a question. <coughs> Thank you.